0: Hello and happy Monday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan. It is always a pleasure to welcome you back to another episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we discuss topics across the Cisco portfolio to give you the insights you want and need. And before we get into it, I want to call out that we just launched the 2021 IT Blog Awards. Folks, if you own a technology blog, vlogger, podcast, I encourage you to submit it into this year's competition for a chance to not only gain the glory, but also for a chance to win a pretty fantastic prize. All right, back to our regular programming. Today, we are talking about upgrading your Cisco Prime infrastructure to Cisco DNA Center. Specifically, we are going to learn more about the migration program that gives you what you need to upgrade without an excessive investment in cost or time. So lots of good information coming your way to help us guide the conversation. We, of course, have a phenomenal cast here. And as usual, we are going to start with introductions. Uh, let's start with our Cisco guest. Lila, thank you for joining us today. Can you tell us more about yourself and your role here at Cisco?
1: Yes, thanks for having me. So my name is Lila Rousseau. I'm a senior technical solutions architect. I've been with Cisco for twenty, twenty-one years now. And I'm deeply involved in anything, orchestration and automation. I'm passionate about this topic, so very happy to be here. If you want to know more, I also have some blogs. So if you search Lila Russo Cisco blogs, as well as I have a few YouTube videos in the Cisco DNA Center official YouTube channel. Oh, wonderful.
0: Well, maybe we'll link to it. Uh, so you might be able to find those links at, in the description of this podcast. All right, let's get to know our host, Adam. Who are you? What do you do?
2: Hey, thanks for having me. My name is Adam Hollifield. I'm a senior consultant at Insight Enterprises. I focus a lot on security, various products in the security space, but I also do a lot of uh, enterprise networking in the wireless routing and switching space as well. So lots of customers on Prime and ready to talk about migrating them to DNA Center.
0: Fantastic. Dan, my friend, tell us about yourself.
3: I am Dan Sheldon. I'm a principal systems engineer with Worldwide Technology. I've been with the firm about five years, and I focus mostly on Fortune 15 accounts covering network and security, all things architecture, and engineering. Happy to be back.
0: And Dan, do you have a Twitter handle?
3: I do. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, etc. It's just Sheldon Climbs, mostly to follow whatever mountain I'm on that week.
0: All right. Lila, before we get into the nitty-gritty details of today's topic, can you set us up with some background to provide some, some context?
1: Yes, for sure. So we all know that digitization is driving IT priorities. Uh, we know about the increment in terms of mobility and the traffic that more devices are causing in the network. Same thing with IoT adding more Type of connected devices to the network also has its own challenges. Cloud security are all part of the equation. So, for the longest time, we use traditional network management tools for our networks, brand infrastructure being a great example. But the problem is that, in some ways, since the network is evolving so the the evolution also needs to happen in the automation space as well. A lot of the things that we do in Prime today involve manual intervention, and these digital networks and the speed that we require in these new networks don't allow for that manual time that is required. Same thing, we need to minimize the... Um, human error. We need to find problems faster. And that's really the main reason we are moving to a new model from prime infrastructure to DNA center. So in this session, we want to talk about that, why we're doing uh, this transition, how to do it, and how to do it in the most efficient way.
3: Excellent. So uh, Lily, a lot of times with consulting and architecture, um, before we start talking about how to do something, generally we talk about why. Um, so I know terms like uh, legacy configuration or manual configuration comes up a lot. And then obviously, we hear a lot about intent based networks and intent based design. Um, would you be able to kind of uh, define a little bit what intent based uh, networking looks like and why that's such a huge shift from what the, the kind of legacy manual uh, components are of Prime?
1: For sure. So, thanks for the question. Um, if we think about how we typically do, think in, do things in traditional management, uh, we tend to rely a lot on templates. And that means that we need to know exactly how to configure features and functionalities. And I always like to give an example of QoS because it resonates a lot with all of us that have been configuring networks. So if we think about QoS, it's very dependent on the infrastructure and requires very different configuration in all the devices that we have in the network. What if we can have a system that allows us to express what we want to do, so that is the intent, We have to have these applications that are prioritized because they are important for my network. So we can say these applications are business relevant. We can say these applications are business irrelevant. And that would be the intent base. And without having to figure out all the CLI details, we express that that intent into this platform. And we allow this platform, which by the way is DNA Center, to translate what we want to do into CLI. So that's the beauty of IntentBase, we express what we want to do and we allow the controller, the platform to translate that into configuration, which by the way, can be very different in switches, in routers, in wireless LAN controllers, but we as network admins, we don't need to worry about, we need to worry about the outcome. So the beauty is being able to provide what we want to do without having to deal with all the underlying details of the configuration. Does that answer the question?
3: It sure does for me. Uh, Adam, Does that, uh, is that in line with what you're thinking?
2: Yeah so it's almost an abstraction layer that exists between the actual CLI commands and what ends up taking place. So if you come you know from a prime template that's essentially a text file that's being you know applied to a device, uh, you have to know, you know what each of those CLI commands is going to do versus um, coming out with the end result first and letting the abstraction management layer take care of generating all those commands for you.
1: Correct, and we have to do that for every single device. So it's up to the network admin to stitch all those configurations to make sure they are consistent across the network. So I like that the way you express it is an abstraction layer, and that is exactly what we want to do with intent-based networking.
2: Coming next from a a prime perspective um, versus traditional network management, is there anything else besides device config um, that could be seen as a differentiating Factor between the two platforms.
1: Yes, so we have, from an, we have different buckets that, that we are augmenting, comparing to Prime Infrastructure. The first one is automation. If we think about software and image management or upgrading the infrastructure, yes, we can do that in Prime, but we take things to the next level in DNA Center. So In DNA Center, we have golden image workflows that allows us to have consistency across the infrastructure without us having to create an Excel spreadsheet to keep track of our software upgrade. We can integrate with platforms like ServiceNow, for example, so we can have that closed-loop automation and being able to approve the change request for a software upgrade via ServiceNow. We have workflows for device replacement. We have NetFlow workflows for device refresh. Now we just introduce 3D maps, which for me, it's pretty cool to see. Obviously, we also have assurance. So assurance really takes what we have in Prime to the next level. In in Prime, a lot of the things that we see are based on alarms, and sometimes all those alarms are a little bit overwhelming because we get too many. In DNA Center, we consume a lot of data from the infrastructure, and we correlate the data, analyze the data, and then we figure out if there are any problems in the network, and we expose those problems as something that we call an issue, really a problem. The issue has a description, the issue has guided remediation, so it allows the network admin to get to a resolution faster. We also have like time travel machine, which I think is pretty cool. Like trying to troubleshoot. Past events in wireless is very complicated because the environment changes all the time. But by having this time travel machine, if someone calls you and says, hey, yesterday night I couldn't connect to the quote-unquote Wi-Fi network, well, we can go back in time in DNA Center and look at what was going on in the environment exactly at the time that the user had the problems. Then we have other solutions. We call them disruptive solutions. They're really changing the way we do things. Uh, We have software-defined access, and I referred before to the automation of QoS, uh, proactive sensor testing, uh, user-defined networking, SD Bonjour, a lot of um, use cases that are much more advanced compared to anything that we've ever had in Prime.
3: And we're definitely seeing that a little bit, you know, on the street is, um, you know, for a lot of the early adopters that, that you know, were testing and, uh, you know, doing EFTs of DNA Center, um, you know, we're, we're blown away, I think, especially by Assurance uh, kind of was, was the main differentiator. Um, and then when we started talking about it with our clients, uh, more and more, we were hearing things like, oh, well, there isn't feature parity with Prime. Why would we upgrade and it was kind of unique for us because we were never thinking of it as a replacement or a prime 2.0. It was a different solution for differentiated networks, kind of more modern networking. Um, is that something that you guys have, have kind of fought to, you know, even with a branding perspective or um, just training perspective? Is it, is it better to get somebody um, more well uh, aware of what DNA Center is and what problems it's built, you know, to solve before you talk about converting?
1: yes and that that's something that it's a very important point that you are bringing up uh in my opinion in order to understand how to migrate from prime to dna center first we really need to need to understand dna center we need to understand what intent based networking is how the use cases actually flow because as you said before we are not really trying to reinvent prime we want to build a management tool a controller if you wish that really allows us to cater for these new use cases that we have in the network so understanding dna center first will be absolutely um, 100% important before really tackling the um, migration. But once you decide to tackle the migration, uh, because of exactly the topics, the questions that you you brought up, uh, we want to help customers understand if they are ready to migrate or not. And for this reason, we now have a tool, which I think is pretty cool. It's called the It's long name, so bear with me. Cisco Prime Infrastructure DNA Center Assessment and Readiness Tool. In the end, that's the most important thing. So this is a tool that we run in Prime. It's non-disruptive, so it's not going to do anything in Prime in in your environment, but what it's going to do is going to check what you have in Prime, what you are using in Prime, and it's going to generate a report and the report is pretty comprehensive so it's going to tell you what devices you have currently in prime inventory from those devices it's going to tell you whether or not those devices are supported in DNA center if they are supported also if they need to have a software upgrade to be supported in DNA center it's going to look at scale so DNA Center has a lot of parameters in terms of scale, so it's going to look at all the parameters based on what you currently have in Prime, and it's going to give you what platform, what DNA Center platform is is best suited for your environment. It's going to look at all the use cases, so all the features that you have in Prime it's going to assess, And it's going to tell you from all these features and use cases that you are using in Prime, this number is supported and this number is not supported. So you can have a clear view on whether or not you are ready. Maybe some of the unsupported use cases are not so relevant for you, so you are ready to move, or maybe you need to wait a little bit. And lastly, it's going to look at the reports. It's going to give you, again, a snapshot on the number of reports that you're using in Prime, and same with the use cases, it's going to tell you how many and which reports are supported, and how many and which reports are unsupported. So, First step, in my opinion, for migration is to run this report. It doesn't, affect, it doesn't affect your prime infrastructure, and it's, give you, it's going to give you great visibility and a great uh, point to start.
2: And does that PDART report, does it give you a, any sizing or design um, scale recommendations for the size of the DNA appliance itself, or does it just go and scan the uh, endpoints, the NAD devices?
1: It's going to give you very detailed information. So, first, it's going to give you all the usage in Prime, and it's going to be very detailed in the sense that uh, it's not going to only cover, for example, devices. It's going to cover devices and access points, and clients, and wireless clients, and also interfaces, side elements. So, again, very comprehensive. Then at the end, it's going to give you a recommendation on which DNA central appliance is best suited for your environment. But not only that, it also is going to include in the report all the different appliances that we have. And the reason for that, let's say that the report says you need the small appliance, right? But maybe you are thinking of not only migrating, but you will be adding devices in the network or you are adding a new um, a new branch in your infrastructure, I don't know, something new. So if you're planning on augmenting what you have, maybe you need to also have a new appliance. So all that information is in the report very clearly indicated so yes you have the recommendation but also the size of the different appliance in all these different kpis so that if you need to actually go to the next level of appliance you have the information all in one report you don't need to start seeking um, scale details somewhere else
2: awesome and is there a minimum version of prime that includes the pdart tool
1: so there is a minimum version on prime and, and and but more than a minimum version on Prime is that you need to check the compatibility matrix. So there, I think it's 3.5, but on the top of my head, I don't remember. The best um, tool is to go and check the compatibility matrix to download the best, um, you need to download a package for that tool. So that will give you the best information, compatibility matrix for both the pdart and for migration.
3: Okay, awesome. So, if we've learned enough about DNA center that we think that you know the functionality built in there is something that we really want to drive towards, we run the PDAR tool to determine exactly, you know, not just what you know functionality is going to carry over from prime to DNA center, but very specific, like device by device. Uh, functionality that, that's moving over to DNA center, I mean, uh, at that point, You know, a client would decide, you know, yes, this is the right time to transfer or not. What would be the first step in actually trying to migrate from you know prime to DNA center? I can't imagine that's a manual process, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. So there are different ways to migrate from prime to DNA center. One way could be manual. And the the main reason for a customer or an environment to do a manual migration is that, let's say that you had Prime for many, many years and you want to clean up Prime. So you don't really like your the locations that you have. Uh, we call that the network hierarchy. You want to upgrade maps. So if you want to make a lot of changes, well, maybe manual migration will make sense. However, most of our Prime um, installations and customers have a lot of effort put into Prime, and they want to keep what they have. So for that reason, we have a tool that is called Prime Data Migration Tool. It's also called Coexistence Tool. So we use those two names interchangeable. So the Prime Data Migration Tool, what it's going to do, and it lives in Prime, is going to take information from Prime and copy that information to dna center what information first your site hierarchy so your all your locations that you have in prime infrastructure all the the sites and the buildings and the floor all that effort that you put is going to be copied from prime to dna center second your inventory so In Prime, you will have a lot of devices that are already in place. They are already located in the right floor or the right building all that is going also to be pushed into DNA Center. And when it's pushed into DNA Center, again, devices are going to be located in the right spot. You don't need to go and do the work. If I have an access point in floor one in building 24, uh, that's going to be exactly the case in DNA Center. Same thing with maps. Again, maps is something that we put a lot of effort in. So again, maps are going to be migrated, All the AP placement within the maps are also going to be migrated. So the map that you see in Prime Infrastructure, you're going to see exactly the same map in DNA Center within the floor, within the building, and within the area. And the last thing that we can migrate, if you have them, are some templates. Yes, we want to move to intent base. but if you already put some effort in user-defined templates, you created some templates for specific reasons, and you want to reuse the templates in DNA Center, you can do so. This is optional. Maybe now that you have intent-based, you don't need the templates, but if you want to, you can select the option of migrated templates. So once again, site hierarchy, inventory, maps, and templates, all that can be uh, copied from Prime to DNA Center. And once all this is in DNA Center, so once the tool finishes running, the moment you say synchronization is finalized, you can start leveraging anything around network assurance, client assurance. You start receiving the streaming telemetry from the wireless LAN controller. You start seeing your health um, details from your infrastructure. So there's nothing to do after migration. All that is set up for, uh, for you with this tool.
3: I love it. As somebody that somebody that lives and breathes in white papers, I have to say, uh, I don't think I've ever seen a platform uh conversion uh white paper that's literally like one sheet of paper. Um I mean I, I read firmware update papers that are more like ten, twelve pages. So that's uh it's definitely pretty nice from the uh, deployment standpoint. Sorry to step on you, Animal. You No, you're good.
2: So say you migrated site X from Prime to DNA center. Um, What happens to the device definitions and hierarchy that are still present in Prime? Are those removed at that point, or are they existing concurrently? Is it best practice to, once you have that set up the way you want in DNA, to go back and remove those from Prime? Um, What happens to the Prime instance after you run the migration?
1: So after you run the migration, nothing happens from a Prime perspective. If you want, so, so there are different options. Let's say that you are still putting a foot in the water with DNA Center and you are not super comfortable with getting rid of Prime. If that's the case, you can run them in parallel. And that's why really the original name of the tool has been Coexistence. Uh, because in some cases, customers will prefer to start with assurance in DNA Center and maybe keep their automation in Prime. So anything that writes into the device, comfort level might be to keep what we're doing. So that could be one option. And if that's the case, the only uh, red flag or the thing that you need to know is that only one system can write into the device. So if you decide to do automation with Prime, you should only do it with Prime. If you want to do automation with DNA Center, only with DNA Center. Um, The system doesn't control that, so it's up to the network admin to make that decision. So going back to your question, once you finish the migration tool and it says synchronization done, now the information is in both platforms. And we don't remove anything from Prime. It's up to the network admin to decide, well, now I want to remove things from Prime or I want to run them in parallel for a period of time and maybe continue doing my automation from Prime and using DNA Center for assurance. But we don't remove anything from Prime.
2: Okay. Yeah, makes total sense. You don't want you know the controllability from one platform stepping on the other and constantly doing... Config changes to to both to bring them you know under sync.
1: Exactly, that's exactly the reason.
3: So, Leela, a lot of our customers and um, listeners, I would say, to the podcast, are very familiar with how Prime works. Um, and generally, I mean, it's it's pretty much an SNMP network trawler, right? It it roams around the network and and pulls uh, config data, usage data from all the um, network endpoints and uh, network uh, access devices, right? Is there any difference uh, in how data is is pulled or pushed from DNA Center, and is it the same SNMP data that, that's available on Prime, or is there anything above and beyond?
1: Yeah, so DNA Center uses a multitude of data. So we do use some SNMP, um, more more so traps than just polling data, but the main the main source of information, especially for wireless, is streaming telemetry. So we are leveraging streaming telemetry capabilities for wireless LAN controllers. For switches too, but at a less extent at this point, like for example, for PoE, we do. Um, But long story short, the first way we consume data from a wireless network is streaming telemetry, which is much more effective uh, we don't need to start polling data. We get the data when the events happen, but on top of that, we use again a multitude of other things. We use um, we use uh, SNMP, SNMP traps. That I was mentioning before. So let's say that there's an offline change in the device, config change which is not recommended, but happens. So the device will send an SNMP trap to DNA Center and DNA Center will know, well, now it's time to refresh the configuration, for example. We use Syslog as well. So we use numerous ways of communicating with devices to make the information as accurate as possible.
3: So does that make the device any less um, CPU intensive or chatty that, that you know, a lot of people are uh, familiar with Prime being?
1: Well, no, because we are not polling SNP as much, right? If we compare, we are trying to actually move away from polling so much the device, which is what's going to be affecting the way the CPU works with all the sending the data, right? Um. So, So no, everything has been designed so that we get the information without affecting the performance of the device. And in a way, we are trying to do it in a more effective way compared to traditional management systems.
2: You mentioned streaming telemetry for wireless. Is that supported both on 9800 and Legacy iOS, or is that only 9800 specific?
1: It's supported in both.
2: Okay, awesome. It's
1: Yes, yeah, so, so the from the get-go with DNA Center, we relied on streaming telemetry from the devices, uh, from the wireless LAN controllers.
2: How about a CMX? If you have a CMX instance, um, does that integrate with DNA center and can it also if you have that integrated with prime, does that move over with the with the migration tool?
1: So the migration tool, and that's a good point. Um, the migration tool actually also moves CMX. And there's a reason why I didn't mention before, but let me first answer the question. Yes, in the workflow, there's one part of the workflow that will ask you if you want to move CMX. So CMX can be integrated with Prime, but also CMX is possible to integrate it with DNA Center. The reason I didn't mention CMX in this migration workflow is that in a lot of cases, when we are moving from Prime to DNA Center, a lot of customers also use the opportunity to move from CMX to DNA Spaces. Um, with DNA Spaces, we know that there are a lot of enhancements compared to CMX. DNA Spaces is kind of same as with DNA Center being the next generation Management and automation platform. The DNA Spaces is the next generation location services platform, right? So, in a lot of cases, when migrating from Prime, a lot of cases or de- a lot of customers are deciding to also migrate from CMX to DNA Spaces. Uh, faster DNA Spaces onboarding. This is a cloud-based platform. You only need a small satellite if you wish in on site. Um it's much more simplified. it has an embedded i o t solution as well uh so there are a lot of benefits, and that's why I tend to not mention c m x migration, but yes, it's part of the workflow
2: yeah, it makes sense yeah c m x is uh DNA space is definitely a little more powerful than uh c m x
1: but if you want to keep CMX on-prem for a period of time and you want it to be integrated with DNA center, you can move it as well. And it's part of the workflow. So you can it's the integration with DNA Center is supported. So
3: my last question, Leela, was around um different platform integrations. So you talked about how, you know, DNA center integrates closer with uh things like um uh, ServiceNow. You know, Splunk and ServiceNow integration, stuff like that. Are there any other Cisco platforms that are going to be integrating with DNA Center? Things like, you know, SD-WAN, now that they're going more to the C-Edges, um, or any, you know, any other platforms, Data Center, et cetera?
1: So in terms of um, main direct integration, so I did mention DNA Spaces integration. Uh, we also have integration with our own CX Cloud, Uh, There is integration with Thousand Eyes. Today is more for deploying Thousand Eyes. So, from a Cisco perspective, those are the main integrations today. In terms of of SD WAN, there is an SDA, SD WAN integration in a sense where DNA Center and vManage will be talking to each other in order to perform this end to end policy. Um, configuration, if you wish, of the infrastructure. So that's also something that is supported. And in a similar way, we have integration between the data center and campus with ACI and SD-Access. In that case, there's not direct integration. Integration is being done via ICE, Integrated Services Engine. Uh, but from an architectural perspective, there is integration between both domains. So again, integration between data center and campus using ACI and software defined access And then integration with campus and branch and the wide area network. And that integration is DNA Center vManage.
2: And there's a ton of uh, the APIs on DNA Center are, you know, open and ready for any sort of other customization that, you know, a customer wants to tackle as well.
1: And that's uh, that's awesome that you ask. So DNA Center is extremely rich in APIs and what it allows us to do is to augment what we have in DNA Center. I work with a lot of customers and sometimes I get questions, can we do X, Y, Z using DNA Center? And in a lot of cases, my answer is well, maybe it's not in the GUI, but we have the APIs to make that happen and we can become very creative on how to use APIs that way. Same thing with these integrations. So all these integrations are possible because we have all these open APIs. And actually there is a very active community in DevNet that is creating a lot of code and in GitHub that is creating a lot of code for DNA Center. So that's a very, uh, very important call out because again, it can help in a lot of the use cases.
3: Awesome. Well, we appreciate you bringing your uh, baby in front of us on this one. and. Uh you know, letting us try to poke holes in anything we can and, and being really receptive and, and uh, informative on all this. We appreciate it, Lila. Yeah, thanks, so much. Thanks
1: for having me. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun.
0: Yes, this actually has been a phenomenal episode. Super informative, as we promised. Uh, thank you for joining us and listening in today. If you want to learn more about today's topic or if you'd like to access the resources Lila mentioned, including the assessment tool, check out the links in the description below. And of course, I have to remind you every episode, you can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to click on that subscribe or follow button now. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. See you next Monday.